Today we're going to, to answer the question, why do bad things happen? Why do bad things happen? Have you ever asked that question yourself? Any honest person would probably say, yeah, yeah, I, I definitely have. Uh, uh, the Barna Group, which is a, a Christian research group that does very extensive and very quality work, uh, they asked a question. They polled uh, many people. And they said, if you could ask God one question and you knew that he would give you an answer, what would you ask? And the most common response was, why is there pain and suffering in the world? Another way to say that is, why is there so many bad things that are happening? C.S. Lewis, the, the great intellect, scholar, writer, just a great, great man of God who came from being an agnostic slash atheist to putting his faith in Jesus, he's put it like this. He said, history isn't just the story of bad people doing bad things. It's quite as much a story of people trying to do good things, but somehow something goes wrong. How many of us can attest to that, that even in the good that we try to do, even in our best efforts, we just can't get away of bad things happening and even innocent people suffering? Why do, why do uh, bad people, you know, this is something that's commonly asked, why do bad people get rewarded with good things? And why do, why do good people get rewarded with bad things? And so people begin to ask, um, you know, if God is good, why would he let all this bad happen? If, if God is all-powerful, why wouldn't he stop bad things from happening. And if God is a God of love, then why is there so much hate? Those questions are very practical questions. And if you, if you take this approach, you would have an answer that there, there must be something wrong or faulty with God. It's very close to my heart. I had a conversation with someone that I love recently, and they said, you know, I, I've been thinking a lot, and I, and I know that, that, that God really messed up. Said Because if God is a God who knows everything, predestination, then why would he have let this happen in my life? And all of us have a this happens. And some of our this happened is a lot worse than other this happened. If you were raped, you look at that that happened to you a lot differently. You have a different lens of God and even people than you did, than other people will have. You're molested. You went to church and a church leader hurt you. 
you have a whole different lens. This is not an easy question. It's not an easy answer. It's not like we can say, well, it's sin. It's sin that does it. And we understand, yeah, sin is the cause of all the mischief that there is in this world. Some people say, well, it's the devil. The devil is definitely, the devil is definitely a chief, a chief source of all the bad that's going on in the world. Just read the book of Job. He has permission from God. We see in this passage that we're going to look at that, that uh, the disciples, they point the finger. And they say there must be something wrong with, uh, with the, that individual. That there must be something wrong with maybe his parents. Or there may be something wrong with, with God indirectly, they say that. I'll never forget, I, I was asked to do a funeral. It was a, it was some, a leader in the church that his daughter um, had a five, five sons. And the youngest went on a ride, on a quad ride, or a side-by-side ride. And as they were driving, the person that was driving, they, they, they flipped the, the side-by-side. And that, that young boy, probably in his... I can't remember the age, maybe five or six years old, seven. He died. And I did this service at uh, Old Tucson. The, the, young, the young boy had been in, a, in the movie. He had just cast it in the movie, and, and, uh, and, I, and they asked me to do the service, and i never forget going. And, and uh, those are not easy memorial services and funeral services. And there was a lot of bickering going on because the, some of the family was really upset with the guy that was driving. It's his fault. There's a lot of animosity because when, when tragedy hits, your emotions are highly, highly um, just at, 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 at its end. And I remember the Lord showed me this, this scripture that we're going to read right now. And, uh, and I remember that I, I, I didn't use this in the funeral. I used another one. But I always look back and I say, this is what needed to be shared. You ever done that before where you just like, uh, you know what? The Lord gave me something and, and it needs to be shared. And this is something that needs to be shared because uh, when bad things happen, and they do, the three wrong answers or the three wrong responses are this. It's my fault. And there may be someone in here or someone that's watching online and you feel it's your fault for what you're going through. It's my fault. Another wrong answer, another wrong response is it's someone else's fault. And you will live your life blaming someone for your problems. And have you ever noticed that your problems, if you don't resolve them, they escalate? You get layers and layers and layers and layers because you've never dealt with the what? With the root. And as I said earlier, the wrong response is that it's God's fault as well. Chapter 9 of of the Gospel of John is where we're going. So if you've got your Bible, I'd love for you to open it up. It'll be on your outline as well. It'll be on the screen. If you're online, um, again, thank you for for being with us Um, I believe God's, God has a word for you. Chapter 9, verse 1. As Jesus was walking 
along, he saw a man. Can you just, if you, in your outline, if you got a pen, can you circle, he saw a man? Just, just do a little bit of work here. It's going to help you. Just do a little bit of writing. He saw a man who had been blind from birth. Why is it important for you to know that God sees what you're going through? He saw a man who had been blind from birth. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins or his parents' sins? In other words, there's a reason that he is blind. It's either got to be him or it's got to be them. And a lot, of, a lot of Christians live their life this way. A lot of, a lot of religious people live their life this way. There, there, there's something wrong with you because look at what you've done or look at what they've done. Amen? Are you with me? And Jesus, verse 3, says, it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins. Jesus answered, this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. How many of you in here know that nothing can keep the power of God from being visible in you no matter what you're going through? That's our hope. Our hope is that no matter what's happened to us, that the power of God can be seen if Jesus is on the scene. It can be S-E-E-N if Jesus is on the S-C-E-N-E. Verse 4, we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. And this is so good. Jesus says, come into partnership with me. We, 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 and I'm not thinking French here. We, we must quickly carry out the task assigned us by the one who sent us. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. No matter how dark your world is, no matter how dark your country is, if Jesus is on the scene, there's light. No matter how bad your family is, no matter how bad your addiction is, no matter what you're facing, if Jesus is on the scene, there's light. There's hope. And we see here some very, very important things. First thing I, I kind of just grab a hold of is that Jesus saw the man. He cared about the man. We're going to come back to that important realization. He, he still sees the injustice and the abuse that goes on in people's lives. He still cares about the people who are in the, the darkest of circumstances. He sees and he cares. He sees and he cares and he acts. Why do bad things happen? Here's the first thing I want us to just, just kind of wrestle with. 
not your fault. And even if it is, there's a remedy. You see, a, a common belief in, in Jewish culture was that when bad things happened, it happened because of the sin in a person's life. In Hinduism, they call that karma. In Mexican culture, If your grandma and your mama saying, ¿Vas a pagar por todo lo que has hecho? Many times did my grandma say, Mijo, ¿Vas a pagar? You're going to pay for all the things you've done. And that never leaves your memory. That never leaves you. You, you. you think that, you know what, all the things that I've done, I, I am paying for, I'm paying for all the things that I've done. My, my, my nephew who, I mean, I'm sorry, my, my, my first cousin who became, uh, you know, addicted to, to drugs and, and became a drug lord eventually and, and uh, dead now. He was trying to cross uh, some drugs at, uh, between Las Cruces and, and Deming, New Mexico. And there's a, there's a port of entry. There's a, a check station there, Border Patrol check station. And he uh, was trying to pass some drugs, and he had three eight balls of cocaine, and he's passing them. And as he's going through there, um, he got stopped. The, the dog sniffed, sniffed him out, sniffed the car out, and so he ate the three eight balls. He ate the three eight balls. Well, he never came out of that. He died a week later. But that, that same, um, that same uh, relative of mine, the last time I spoke to him, he, he said to me, he said, he said cousin, uh, the reason that me and uh, your brother, <clears throat> your brother Chicha, your, 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 that was his nickname, John, uh, the reason him and I and my dad are where we're at is because of all the bad things that we have done. That, that's, that we have hurt so many people. That's why we're going through what we're going through. And I looked at him and I said, I, I know this. He said, God is paying me back for everything that we've done. God can never forgive us. And I said this to, to him. And someone needs to hear it. I said to him, I said, let me tell you what, what the difference between God and who is doing this to you, which is not God, it's the devil. I said, in John 10, 10, it says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life and to give you a life that's abundant and full. Now, I don't know what he did with those words because he didn't give his life to Jesus. The night before, I'd, I spent hours talking to him, his his uh, father, my uncle, and uh, shared the Lord with him. And I don't know what he did with that. He ended up dying as well. But the, the whole thrust of their life was that God is punishing me because of what I'm going through. And there may be someone in here or you know someone that thinks that they're going through punishment because of what you've done. Let me tell you that the God that we serve is a restoring Savior. That the God that we serve is loving. And, and you have to understand that there's a, the, the scriptures, the, 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 the whole narrative, the context of the, of, the, of the Bible. It gives us a wide lens view. And then as you go into different passages or different narrative, it puts a zoom in. 
In Genesis 1 and 2, we see that the creation was good and perfect. You've read the, the, the scriptures, you understand that. We see that there's a promise for those who believe that we're going into a perfect place in heaven, a new heaven and a new earth. Paradise. Jesus told the thief on the cross, he said, I tell you today, you will be with me in paradise. Amen? Amen? But, but, but in between those, those two perfect places, we live in a place sometimes that seems like, let's, let's put it plainly, it seems like hell. You can't get done with a day before something else bad happens. We've got this horrible hurricane that, that, that hit uh, the, the, the East Coast. And so you see all these things happening. And so sin, yes, sin is, is damaging. It does a lot of damage to us personally, our society, and our world. In fact, Romans 5.12 puts it like this. When Adam sinned, sin entered the world. Adam's, Adam's sin brought death. So sin spread to everyone for everyone's sin. And now this is a wide lens passage of the Bible. We cannot deny that sin has a negative effect on our world and our individual lives as well. But we must be careful not to use this as a blanket answer for all the situations and circumstances in our world. Jesus teaches us that sometimes it's not our sin that has caused what we're going through. When the disciples asked, Rabbi, teacher, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his own sins? It, it, it helps us to resist the temptation of blaming others for all the bad things that they are going uh, through in their lives. It, it helps us to resist the temptation of blaming yourself for all the bad that is going on in your own life. Because when you do it skews your answer to the question, why do bad things happen? Your answer, which will be wrong, will be, it's because of me. Look at me. No good for nothing me. My life is a product of me. And that blind man, he might have thought that. I am no good for nothing. Look at me. I can't even see anything. Self-condemning. Negative self-image is never from God. And Jesus proves this when he looked at the, at the man born blind. Because what I've come to realize about Jesus is this. While everyone may have looked at the suffering of others, Jesus Christ not only looks at our suffering, he does something about it. And if you're suffering today, and it's not your fault, say you got molested, say you were raped, you had nothing to do with that, you need to know that God cares about you, and he is willing, and he's ready to do something about it. He wants to heal your hurt. He wants to love all the hate out of you. He wants to give you worth where you think that there's nothing in yourself worthy. And if you're suffering today and maybe it, it is your fault, 
you need to know that God cares. And he is willing and ready to do something about it. King David, when he, when he um, had an affair with Bathsheba, he wrote a psalm that's, that's instrumental to your healing if you've faulted in your life. And he said, have mercy on me, O God, because of your unfailing love. Notice he took his eyes off of himself. Because of your great compassion, blot out the stain of my sins. Wash me clean from my guilt. Purify me from my sin, for I recognize my rebellion. It haunts me day and night. Against you and you alone have I sinned. He didn't talk about Uriah and how he had sinned against Uriah and what he had done against his armies and all the things. He says, God, because of you, uh, 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 you and you alone have I sinned. I have done what is evil in your sight. May, uh, will you, I'm sorry, you will be proved right in what you say and your judgment against me is just for I was born a sinner. And what stands out to me is David, David recognizes that his choices have turned his life into chaos, but he recognizes a compassionate God who is able to purify and cleanse us of all the things that we've done wrong. And Jesus wants someone to take the focus off of yourself and put it on his goodness and his love, and his grace. So you can say like the psalmist said, the Lord is my refuge. For the, he's the refuge for the oppressed, a stronghold in times of trouble. Those who know your name, trust in you. For you, Lord, have never forsaken those who seek you. It's not your fault for the bad things that are going on. And even if it is, there's a remedy. Here's, here's the second thing. And I, and I kind of turned it because why do bad things happen? Let me, let me just say this. Bad things do happen. So when bad things happen, it's not always because of others. And even, even if it is, there's a remedy. We can't deny the fact that the sins of others can hurt people really bad. I've talked about some of the things that can, can, can be done to, to people, some things that are horrible. But to say that all bad things that happen is because of other people is wrong. And the disciples... Talking to Jesus, help us with that answer. Rabbi, his disciples asked him, why was this man born blind? Was it because of his parents' sin or sins? And think with me. Do you think that the parents of this blind man had ever sinned? We all fall short of the glory of God. Jesus could have named all kinds of sins that this man's parents did commit. 
But here's the deal. He didn't. He didn't. And we all know that, that, that all people fall short of the glory of God. But if it's up to us and our goodness to determine the fate of our loved ones, our loved ones are in trouble. And one of the things that people do is blame others for their own suffering or the suffering of their loved ones. They're, they're, they're going through what they're going through because of their parents or because of their grandparents. And, and, and sometimes a response of blaming others can be toxic. If you live in that mode where you just live your life blaming others for people's mistakes, if you're a parent and you blame other people for what your kids are doing, it's a toxic way to live. It'll breed bitterness. It'll breed resentment. It'll cloud our lens to the potential of God in the situation. God is always working in everything, whether it's individual or whether it's our family or the people that we love. And so progressively you go from, is it my fault or is it other people's fault to the third thing that I want to bring to you to consider. When bad things happen, what if we embrace God's potential for good, even in the worst of circumstances? Let, 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 me, let me say something to you that I don't think is a revelation. I think that you guys have lived it. Bad things happen. But you're either going to embrace the bad and live under the cloud of the bad, or you're going to embrace the God who's good even in the bad. You're either going to do two things. You're either going to embrace the bad and you're going to live your life under this cloud, either blaming yourself and blaming others, one of the two, or you're going to embrace the God. You're going to embrace the God who is good no matter what is going on. And he's got the power to change things. Every tear, every tear that is shed God knows he's counted every tear. I've come to find out that God never wastes anything in life. Every infirmity, God sees it. And he's got the power to restore. Every hurt that someone goes through doesn't go unnoticed. This is a powerful, powerful scripture right here. As Jesus was walking along, he saw. Can I tell you that Jesus is alive and well to this day? Can I tell you, he tells Peter, he, he says to Peter, Peter, do you know that Satan has asked permission to sift you as wheat? But I prayed for you. You know that, 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 that Jesus knows what you're going through? Jesus knows what your family is going through. He 
sees. God, don't you see what's going on in my life? Can't you see how I'm struggling with this? Jesus saw. That addiction that you think you cannot break, and I tell you, you can't break it, but Jesus can. That infirmity that you're in, let me tell you, it's hurting. You're going through the worst of the worst, but let me tell you, Jesus sees and he is there. He's got the power to get you through. Notice it doesn't say that the disciples saw him. It tells, it, it tells us that the disciples questioned Jesus about him. The disciples blamed others for him. But Jesus looked at the pain with compassion, and Jesus looks at your pain with compassion. And he says it was not because of his sins or his parents' sins this happened so that the power of God could be seen in him. Oh, Father, that the power of you would be seen in me. Oh, Lord, in my dire places, in my place of despair, Lord, that the power of God can be seen in me. Not, I can't believe you, God, for what you've done. I can't believe myself. I'm no good for nothing. Not, I can't believe others and what they've done to me. They've done this. Can I tell you, when people have hurt you, you have got to move beyond the hurt into the healing. Because as long as you keep the hurt, the hurt, and blame everybody else, they are still hurting you. Until you heal through the power of the Almighty, you need to know that Jesus looks and He cares. Don't ever believe the lie that God does not see what you're going through. He sees every hurt, every abuse, every illness. And can I say this as crazy as it says it sounds? And, it, and if you've been hurt, it, 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 it's hard to process this. Not only does he see, he has a plan and a purpose for our hurt and our pain. And that's hard. That's a hard saying. But God is faithful. Everyone usually knows Romans 8, 28. Most of us live by it. We know that God causes everything to work together. <laughs> There's a sermon in that right there. God causes everything. The man born blind... God causes everything to work together. No matter what you're going through, no matter what the circumstance, you need to know that God is at work. He says, for the good of those who love God. So God is working in whatever circumstance you're going for the good. 
No matter how bad the situation is, no matter how bad your pain is, God is working for the good. But there's a key. You need to say, Lord, I love you. I don't love the pain. I don't love the shame. I don't love the hurt. I don't love the addiction. I don't love the choices. But Lord, I love you. And something shifts with love. Something shifts with love. Just like something shifts with hate. Hate causes blame. Hate causes shame. Insecurities. All the yuckiness. Love shifts in your heart. And it embraces forgiveness. It embraces restoration. It embraces worth. You're worth everything to God. I'm worth everything to God. He loves me so much. And that's why I love him. See, those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. And let me tell you something, beloved. It's so important for you to understand that there is a great purpose. There's a great purpose for you. You're not just living here to take up oxygen. You're not just here so you can take up a space in this sanctuary. You're here to make a difference for the glory of God. You're here to live out your potential. And your potential is great. Because God is great. And you were created in his image. The image that's inside of you is the image of God. He doesn't put the blame on you. He doesn't put the blame on others. Jesus cares and he acts. Now that's powerful. Jesus doesn't put the blame on you. You know who puts the blame on people? Religion. The woman caught in adultery. Lord, the law says that we should stone her. Jesus wrote on the ground. Why didn't you bring the guy? That's my interpretation. That's my interpretation, right? Why didn't you bring Julio? (laughs) See, religion blames. Jesus acts. Why the suffering? Why the pain? I've come to conclude that this is not my home. See, this pain and and this suffering, it's temporary. Paul, Paul put it like this, no eye has seen nor ear has heard and no mind has imagined what God has prepared for those who love him. How many of you can feel the Holy Spirit just moving through you when I say that? (laughs) You don't even know how good it's going to get. My best moment here on earth will be my worst moment in heaven. 
And when someone says, my best moment, you know, it's not going to get any better than this. Let me tell you, if you don't have Jesus, it's not. But if you have Jesus, it only gets better. Here's the last thing, and I think that this is good to close with, is why do bad things happen? Just from the scripture real quick. As long as you're able, as long as you're able, choose to make a positive difference for the glory of God. As long as you have breath, as long as you're able to walk, as long as you're able to do what God has allowed for you to do, Make a positive difference for the glory of God. Stop blaming. Stop beating yourself up. And let God be God in your life. Let God show up. Let God speak truth into your life that you are special. And so are the people around you. You got to bring the specialness out of them. This passage shows me that Jesus is able and ready to make a positive difference in the lives of people's suffering. The reason for this is because Jesus is the solution. But look closely at his reply to the suffering of this blind man and his family. And he says, we must quickly carry out the task assigned by the one who sent us. Notice he said, we to his disciples, as the disciples are blaming the, some blind man and blaming his family, Jesus says, we need to stand together, partner with me. And he says, the night is coming and then no one can work. He says, what he's saying right there is, as long as he's in the world, as long as he's in your life, there's hope. But when he's not here, let me tell you, there's no hope. The night is coming and then no one can work. But while I am here in the world, I am the light of the world. Ooh, this is powerful, guys. If you guys, don't, if you guys don't get it, you're going to leave something very important. Jesus was intentional and immediate in making a difference for the glory of God in the blind man's life. Don't leave the we out of your life. Me with God. Me with Jesus. Somehow, in this misfortune and suffering, he includes his disciples as being partners with him in the solution to the suffering of this world. Could it be that in this present suffering, God has given each person an opportunity to make a positive difference in people's lives? The question, why do bad things happen, could be answered with another question. What are we going to do about the bad things happening in our world? Are we going to act or are we going to wait? Nanette Suley, thank you for acting. Are we going to move? Or are we going to stand? Could it be that God wants us to be the salt of the earth and the light of the world? Between the, 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 the perfect world of his creation and the perfect world that is to come, that he's preparing, God has allowed 
us to partner with him in this imperfect existence to choose to make a difference for his glory. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You who are watching online, what are you going to do? Are you going to stay on the couch and stay on the seats and not move and do anything and talk about blame everything that's going on? Our country's a mess because of him and her and this and that. Or are we going to say, we will do something about it for the glory of Jesus Christ? Right here, right where I'm at, in this time and in this place. According to an article by uh, CRI, which is a Christian Research Institute, it says this. Of the three oldest hospitals in the United States, each of which remain in the top 20 today, all three were started by overtly Christian organizations for Christian purposes of charity. These hospitals began as Christian charities because back in the 1800s, There were no hospitals as we know them today. The best and most expensive doctors only made house calls, which meant that only rich people could afford to see a doctor. The poor had to go without doctors. And so Christians, motivated by Christ's teaching to care for the least of these, began building hospitals where the poor could receive the medical care that they could not afford. This was the birth of today's hospitals as we see it. Let me tell you something. Yeah. Glory to God. Everything that is good that has happened in this world has happened because of God through Jesus Christ. Now I'm going to tell you something. There's a lot of bad in our world, but we get to be a part of the blame or we get to be a a part of the change. I don't know about you. I'm a part of the change, positive change for the glory of God, and we will do it together. Now I'm going to close. It's important for people watching online, people in second service, and it's important for you that are here. The greatest change that could ever happen to you only happens when you cross the threshold to put your trust in Jesus Christ. I'm going to lead you in a prayer right now, simple prayer. And that prayer says, I need Jesus in my life. I'm saying yes to him. So if you're here today, you're watching, pray this with me. God, I am tired of trying to do life on my own. I've made a mess of my life. But today I admit, I admit that I'm a sinner. I admit that I need you in my life. I choose Jesus in my life. I believe that he went to the cross and died for all of my sins. I believe that Jesus rose from the dead on the third day, just like the Bible said he would. And so today I confess Jesus as my Lord. And I choose to follow him from this day forward. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Now, with all heads bowed, and if you are here today, and you agreed with me in that prayer, you prayed that prayer with your heart, just raise your hand and say, that's me. Amen. Praise God. I see your hand. Beautiful. I see your hand back there, dear lady. Praise God for that. It's so good. Thank you, Lord. Everyone's just looking at me now. 
Let me say, let me say something to you. That, what, what you've just done right now for those two people that said yes to Jesus, that's the greatest, greatest decision you could ever make. Today, your eternity started. <laughs> yeah. And every single one of us here, we're your brothers and sisters in Christ for those of us that walk with the Lord. And we're here to help you on your journey. And if you are watching online, we would love for you to reach out to us at Living Word Chapel, uh, lwconline.org. And we would love to pray for you and to help you on your journey as well. God is great and he's got great plans for you. God bless you.